Well, what's up, church? How you guys doing this morning? All right, good. Did you guys uh, enjoy it? How many of you guys went to the big event? All right. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy it? Was it? All right. It's different, right? Told you it was going to be kind of weird and stuff like that. So it was my, yeah, my, uh, how I described it, I felt like was pretty accurate. Um, but uh, hey, here's the deal. Today, we're starting a brand new series and uh, we're calling it Everyone on Three. And this is probably the most important series that we are going to do all year. We're starting it right off the bat here in February 2022. And um, the next four weeks, we're going to lay out our plan for the future of our church as a whole of all three campuses, Northwood, Fremont, and Tiffin, and specifically uh, for here in Tiffin campus. And we're going to talk about some opportunities that uh, it seems like God has for us and some opportunities that it seems like God has opened up the door for that we as a church family that we need to walk through uh, together. And sometimes we just need to take a step back. We need to, you know, breathe a little and have a little family meeting, okay? So the next month, Picture it as like you're coming to church for the family meeting, all right? Um, like we're all sitting at the kitchen table talking about, talking about what we need to do next. Uh, if you're new here, let me just say this. Uh, you are invited to the table, okay? We want you to, to come. We want you to be a part of our family. Uh, you don't have to jump in on everything that we're doing, uh, just, but you, we're more than welcome just to listen in on what we have going on here at Grace and what we're going to uh, kind of do to take the next step forward, and we totally get it that, you know, some of you guys, you're trying to figure out if you want to be here, what this church is all about, and, you know, what's this, and what's that, and, and you're kind of kicking the tires, you know, like, I don't know about this church. If that's you, um, be, come for the next four weeks. I, you know, if you don't want to be a part of what Grace is go, what's going on here at Grace, I guarantee you, you're going to know it, all right? So that's the good news uh, for you. But uh, here at Grace, listen in. We are a movement, okay? We're not a personality. We're not a specific pastor, leader, teacher. We're not a building here, okay? We are a movement of broken people who are dedicating our lives to doing whatever we possibly can to reaching as many people as we possibly can for Jesus, okay? That's what we are about. It doesn't matter who you voted for, where you work, how much money you make, all right, your age, uh, what, the mistakes that you've made in the past. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. We're really just a big dysfunctional family coming together um, throughout the week, trying to save as many people around us as we can, okay? That's what we are. That's why we are here. That's what we're all about. We here at Grace are all about life change. And over the last 28 months that our campus, that we've been here in Tiffin, I mean, I just want to say, I feel like we get so used to it, what God has done here. Um, but I'm connected with churches and pastors all over the country, and everybody's like, what the heck have you guys done in Tiffin? Like, how is it happening? What's going on there? How have you guys, you know, grown so much, and, and especially with COVID and all the stuff that's been kind of against us, you know? And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just God. Like, you're going to have to ask God that question. I don't understand how this has happened. Uh, we got good people, and God is blessing us. But we have seen so many people giving their lives to Jesus over the past 28 months. Uh, actually, here's one, one example of that. My name's Aaron, I grew up in the Tiffin area, um, loved my family, loved my friends, had a great childhood growing up, life was perfect, and then my mother passed um, at a young age, and I felt like God had taken her from me. I was very angry, very hurt, continued to go through adulthood, which I felt alone, 
And then three years ago, my best friend and his entire family die in a house fire, and my anger went absolutely through the roof. Um, I pushed God away even further, and I just felt absolutely alone. So Grace Community Church opens in Tiffin, Ohio. Uh, my wife uh, chooses to come and comes every Sunday and uh, invites me every Sunday. And I say no because I was a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous. Um, and my wife had already dedicated her life to Christ and took the next step of baptism um, and of course invited me. I could not turn that invite down. I came. I listened to the message, and I've been coming ever since. My wife, Tracy, and I talk about the services every week, um, several times a week, in fact, and I continue to come back, and every week, Tracy and I discuss the services, and then we started a series on Job. Job went through so much, uh, and I could relate. I could relate to him, and I thought to myself that if Job can continue to follow God, then why can't I? So after the series on Job, I wanted to become a member. Uh, I filled out the Connect class paperwork, had a meeting with Pastor Zach, and he had questioned one of my answers on, am I going to heaven? And I put, I don't know. And he said, Aaron, are you all in with Jesus? And I said, I want to be. He said, all you have to do is ask for forgiveness, and I, at that point, I accepted Jesus in my life, asked for forgiveness for my sins, my anger, and I realized just my love to him, my, 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 my hope and faith in him. Since accepting Jesus Christ, I come to church every Sunday. I look forward to it. It is the perfect ending to my week, the perfect beginning to my next week. Um, I still have had some tragedies and, and bad things happen in my life, however, I know I'm not alone anymore. I know I walk with them. I know that in the future, I'm gonna have many worst day evers. But I know, I know in my heart and in my soul, he always will walk with me. And so this is why we came to Tiffin, right? I mean, this is originally why we came to Tiffin, and I know a lot of you guys out there, you have that exact same story or something very similar to that, that you in the last two years have given your lives over to Jesus, and it's just, it's, it's the life change that we came here for. I remember uh, back in 2017, I was, uh, I was a youth pastor in Tiffin, I kind of, or in Fremont, um, I kind of oversaw um, from fourth grade all the way to 30 years old at our Fremont campus. And, but I mostly worked with high school students. And I'll be honest, I love what I did. Um, I miss it sometimes. It, we just had a blast doing that. But I felt on my, you know, I felt like in my heart, like sometimes God just tugs. You guys have felt this sometimes, I'm sure, or some of you guys, where it's just like, I don't know, I feel like I should maybe do something different, or I don't know what God's calling me to do. He just doesn't, like, spell it out for you. You know, he doesn't do that. There's, like, a little bit of faith that always is involved. Um, and uh, I decided, you know what, um, you know, I, I probably should be looking for what's beyond this and, and what God wants me to do next. And so I went into Pastor Kevin's office, who happens to be my dad, and I said, hey, here's the deal. In 2019, so after we graduate some of these, um, a couple more classes of these kids that I love, um, I'm out. 
okay, I'm leaving. I'll, I'm going to be, you know, I'll be looking for another job at a different church, doing something different. And then I said, or I'd be interested, because I live in Seneca County, or I'd be interested in starting a campus in Tiffin. And he looked at me and just said, okay. I didn't know if that was a good okay or bad okay. I didn't know what okay meant. And so I, he said okay, and I said okay. And it was one of the most awkward conversations we've ever had. And I was just like, all right, I guess I'll leave now. And I walked out, and that was it. I didn't know what, <laughs> was, it was weird. Um, but from that point on, that idea kind of took hold. And we started talking about it a little later. And we started planning about it. You know, what would it look like? What would a campus here in Tiffin look like? How would we do it? Where would it be? By the way, where would it be was the hardest thing that we had to figure out. Because you people here in Tiffin don't have any empty buildings. Okay, they're all used up. Um, we looked all over the place. And we found nothing. And by chance... All right, it's a God thing. By chance, we found this property here um, that wasn't on the market yet, but uh, we were able to purchase it um, before it went on the market. And our plan originally was, you know what? Uh, we have this building. We have this space. Our plan was we got around 200 people from Tiffin. Uh, let's be honest, maybe we can snag 150 people from Tiffin that will stop going to Fremont that could start this campus here in Tiffin um, if, you know, on the the best and brightest side, 200, and uh, this building will get us by for a few years. Um, that first Sunday, if you guys remember, some of you guys, real quick, how many of you guys were on our launch team? Okay, okay, there's a bunch of you guys in here. Um, you guys were part of the 200. On that first, the first two Sundays, if you remember, was just kind of our, hey, we're going to you know, do a trial run here. Let's make sure tech and let's make sure the children's check-in and coffee and all that stuff works before you invite everybody in. And I told you guys not to invite people. And you guys invited everybody. Because those first two Sundays, we had over 400 people, or we had around, it was, it was just less than 400 people, basically 400 people here. And so we had doubled already first Sunday in. And then the next Sunday, by the way, I'm so glad you guys invited your friends to that because because of that, we decided, hey, we should probably go to two services next week, you know, for a grand opening. And so for our grand opening, we went to two services. It was September 29th, 2019. And we had 15 people, less than a thousand. Did I say that right? We almost had a thousand people. We're 15 people away from a thousand people here that Sunday. And we Ran out of seats. I felt so bad as I was up here giving the message because there's people standing up all over the place along the back. And I'm like, oh, I hope those aren't new people. They're never going to come back. You know, you just, it, was a, it was really a disaster. But it's a good problem to have. And um, we haven't looked back since. Now, we've had some difficulties, right? I mean, throughout the last couple of years. COVID, who would have guessed that that would have been a thing? But look at what God has done. I mean, last week, we had almost 700 people here at church. At, uh, at the big event, we had over 500 people. I mean, what God has done here in Tiffin, like, like he's doing something here, okay? He's using us. God tells us that our job and our purpose is to tell everyone we possibly can about what Jesus has done for them, and we should do that regardless. Like, that's our job. He doesn't say, hey, if you feel like it or if it's comfortable or whatever. No, he says, hey, do this whether you see the results or not. But here at Grace, the cool thing is, is that God has graciously given us the privilege that we get to see what our hard work produced with our own eyes. I mean, we get to see what our hard work and our talents and our abilities and our effort and our time has done. Like, look around, right? Like, literally, look around. Look around the room real quick. All right, two and a half years ago, this didn't exist. It wasn't a thing. This was an empty building. See, I think it's easy 
for Christians, we see this all the time, that when we see success, what we like to do is we kind of pat ourselves on the back, feel pretty good about ourselves, and we rest, right? We take our foot off the gas, we get comfortable, we're like, hey, we could take a, we could take a break for a little while. We cannot do that, okay? We cannot do that. We have to remain aggressive, we have to feel the urgency, and we have to keep moving forward. And to do that, we have come up and developed a, a, a plan. Um, our biggest need here at Grace, by far, at this, at this specific campus, is space. Okay, we have outgrown our space. We outgrew our space on day one. We didn't think that was going to happen. We didn't think that was possible, but that's, that's the reality of it. Uh, a year ago, um, last April, we started talking about, I kind of brought to you guys, we had a family meeting type thing on a Sunday morning, and we introduced our Growing With Grace kind of campaign and what that looked like. And we began looking into what do we need to do to reach more people here in the Tiffin area. And we came up with a list of four things, um, specifically here at our Tiffin campus. We talked about parking. We talked about an auditorium. Uh, we need children's space, which we are severely lacking on. And we need adult classroom space because we don't have a single uh, classroom for adults. And we talked last April about this. And um, we, we talked about our Growing With Grace campaign, which was new to a bunch of people. And uh, many of you, you jumped into that and you helped. And I just want to say, hey, thank you. We appreciate that. If you remember last April, I talked about how, hey, this is something that's going to last for 10 months. And this is something that is, we're giving kind of a, above and beyond of what our normal giving is. And it's to give us a head start for what's going to happen next February. It's next February now. And we raised around $180,000, which isn't going to build any buildings. That's a great head start, though. So it did exactly what we were trying to do. And so from this list that we have, that we've drawn up, uh, we drew up kind of a rough master plan. And, uh, and I, I got kind of a, I think you got that. Um, we got it on the screen a little bit. Okay, so this is our property, basically. I um, wish it was a little bit you know, wish this was bigger, but uh, it's about 5.8 acres, and um, we came up with a master plan of, of the kind of those areas that we need to build, parking, auditorium, kids, and adult space, and so you can either look at this, or I'll just point to the areas of what's going to happen. Uh, someday, this, um, audi this auditorium right here, this room, will become our atrium, okay? We're going to uh, put doors back in over here, facing County Road 1, and this will be kind of the main area uh, of our church. Over this way, we'll build an auditorium, and um, they'll be on that Part of that building will have front doors facing 224, and then we'll have uh, doors also facing the, the, like the Black Swamp area in the back. So we'll kind of have three main entrances. One will be just right here. And uh, that auditorium will be big enough to, it'll be around the size of Fremont. It's kind of, if some of you guys have been to our Fremont campus, it'll kind of look like that. And so that's our plan over that way. Um, with children's, we're, based on how our building is situated, we're actually going to have to build two smaller buildings to do our children's space. One building will be off the front of our, kind of the part that juts out, if you can picture it, over here, this is 224, so right here, and uh, that will be new classrooms and, and bigger classrooms and more classrooms. Right now, we have tiny classrooms, and we don't have very many of them, so it's causing us issues. If some of you guys, your children's volunteers, okay, you, 
totally know what I'm talking about. Um, sometimes we have 100, over 100 kids back there on a Sunday morning, and we, we just don't have, we don't have space for it. But, it's, uh, but we're making do with what we can, and our volunteers are rock stars, which is awesome. And so we got that going on. Um, we're also going to, the second children's building that we're going to do, which will be right here, which is right here on this picture. Um, this will be a large uh, space for children to play in and, and for the children. So we'll actually talk more about exactly what these things look like next week, and uh, we'll show some pictures and stuff like that. And then the last thing that we need to do is uh, we'll, off the back here, we're going to build um, adult classroom space and a kitchen, okay, something that we've, uh, we, we lack here, uh, especially with ministry and dinner, funeral dinners and just all the kind of stuff that we do. But, um, but we'll do that off the back of, of this building right behind me. And so that's our plan. That's kind of our master plan. And w- when we put all this down on paper right here, we realize that you throw parking in there and drainage. Um, we don't have enough space. Okay, this is only 5.82 acres, and we don't have enough parking space, which was a huge issue for us because we're like, hey, what's the plan here? We're kind of landlocked in here, and, um, and if, this, if we can't fit this on our property here, we're going to have to go and buy property somewhere else, and we're going to have to build another building, which is going to set us back literally years and set us back literally millions of dollars, okay? That's the reality of it. And so we started looking around. First, we, uh, we, we talked to Black Swamp, and they're not interested in selling, which is understandable. We looked across the street, and uh, you got the factory over here, so that wasn't going to happen. We actually started looking at there's a field kind of behind us, um, in between us maybe and the airport, kind of at an angle here, and we realized that the, uh, the airport owned that, and the Newman family, who happened to go to our church, uh, that they, they own that property. And so last April, uh, AG and I, we were able to go and talk to them and um, kind of lay out, hey, here's, here's the reality of the situation of what our church is dealing with, and we're trying to figure out what our next steps are. And um, we, uh, we asked if, you know, if they would be at all interested in selling us the property, and eventually they said, no, we'll give it to you. And so, um, if you see Kim and Brad and Andrew Newman, you know, feel free to, to, to thank them for that. Because I'm just saying, um, that saved our church here millions, I, I can't express this enough, a ton of money, okay, and a ton of time, and a ton of heartache of trying to find a new place for us to be. And so, just huge. They're the first ones to sacrifice for this, okay, all right? And, uh, and, the, and it is a sacrifice for them. And so for us, once we got the go-ahead from that, which uh, that's going to be finalized here maybe in the next few weeks or so, but um, because of that, and we actually got to, so it looked kind of like this, okay? So we're able to add two acres there of parking that we needed in, in some drainage space. But um, we're able to kind of, hey, we can move forward now. Okay, we got, we got that problem solved. We can start knocking some of this stuff out. And so uh, for the next three years, we've come up with three major things that we as a church that we need to do, okay, to grow. And uh, we'll be partnering with this a little bit with uh, the other campuses, but uh, the first thing is all on us. We need to create children's space, okay, here in Tiffin. And for that, uh, again, we'll talk more about what that looks like next week, but we need to build two buildings Okay, one right out here and one further out, and, uh, and this will give our children's space, the, uh, or our children's uh, ministry, Grace Kids, enough space to actually do what they need to do, okay? You're going to hear me say this every week. 
when churches do not invest in the next generation, they die. That's what happens. I mean, you can look around. There's churches. There's examples all over the place of churches that are dying because they refused or chose not to or whatever to invest in the next generation. That cannot be us here at Grace. We can't do it, okay? That's, that's not going to happen. Um, so we need to, we need to create children's space. Along with that, I personally think we also need to knock out the front parking lot. We got to get that done and paid for and, and paved and set. And so I think, you know, I'm going to challenge our church. We need to build these two buildings and we need to get the front parking lot, which is only going up in price. It's ridiculous. And uh, we need to take care of both of these things. Um, the second thing we need to do is we're going to train leaders, okay? Our plan is, uh, is to train 20 leaders for full-time ministry in the next three years. Now, this isn't just us. We're partnering with Fremont and Northwood Campus as well. But this also, by the way, is investing in the next generation. As we grow and as we launch more campuses, which is something we want to do, we want to do what God has done here in Tiffin. We want to see God do in other communities around us in Northwest Ohio. As we grow, what, what do we need? We need pastors, teachers, leaders, Right? We need music guys. We need tech guys. That's, that's what we need. And so this is a way that we can um, train younger, younger people in our church to kind of fill those roles. And so over the next three years, we want to train 20 leaders. We do this in a couple different ways. We do this through internships, and we do this through our residencies program. Um, internships is usually just a, it's either a part-time thing or it's a full-time um, job for just, uh, for just a season, like over summer. we got a lot of college kids who come in and do that. Um, but uh, our residency program, Program. This is something that is a year-long deal, and, um, and it's, a, it's a full-time thing. It's kind of a year-long contract, and we've had several people at Tiffin do this, uh, both Nick, AJ, all three. Nick, AJ, and Blaine has done this for us um, as, as we kind of launched up, and so they went through this. And uh, it just gives us a, a good way for us to train leaders to reach more people. The third thing we're going to do between all three campuses is we want to launch another campus. Okay, again, we want to see what God has done here in Tiffin. We want to see that done in other communities that are around us. And so kind of the two main areas that we're looking at right now is, uh, is up north along the lake, um, either Port Clinton, Oak Harbor area-ish, or maybe west in Bowling Green. Uh, that might be an area. It sounds like because where those are at, probably Fremont Campus will take the lead on that, which is which is, you know, good. We got, you know, we're, we're brand new. We're a brand new family. But someday it's going to be on us, okay, our Tiffin campus. And someday I could see us launching a campus like in Bucyrus or something like that. And so, again, we want to see God use us, and we want to constantly reach other areas for him. Now, all three of these things, okay, I want to make sure we understand this. All three of these things is connected to our purpose, it's connected to our purpose, which is life change. That's why we're doing it. Everything's about purpose. Every, it's purpose, 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 purpose. Jesus talked about purpose, that we have a purpose and that we have a reason for being here. Actually, one time, um, one of my favorite times is Jesus talks about our purpose. He's talked to a bunch of people. His disciples are there too. We see this in uh, Luke chapter 12. It says this. He says, meanwhile, a crowd of many thousands came together so that they were trampling on one another. I just want to read that verse because it's sweet, right? 
So Jesus, he's out there doing his thing, he's doing his ministry, and thousands of people, they want to see what he's going to do next, and they want to hear what he's going to say next, and so they all come together so much, it's like a set at a concert, they're all like trampling on each other just to, just to get a glimpse of Jesus. By the way, some people, they don't, you know, have this like bad attitude versus large churches, it doesn't seem like Jesus minded. You know, just throwing that out there. And so Jesus, he didn't seem to mind. Uh, what Jesus is doing throughout this conversation, I don't have enough time to kind of go through it, but you are more than welcome. And in fact, I encourage you to go home and read Luke chapter 12, um, just all the different things that Jesus says. You could spend all week on Luke chapter 12. I encourage you to do that. But what Jesus is doing throughout this conversation, as he's teaching these thousands of people who are trampling on each other to see him, all right, he is teaching them, uh, he's bringing the crowd to a point of decision. He's bringing the crowd to a crossroads, and he's making them think, and he's also making them decide. And the question that comes to mind is, he's saying, hey, who are you going to live for? You going to live for you, or are you going to live for God? Basically, Jesus is like, hey, those are the two options. Which direction are you going to go? Have you ever been driving down the highway in a city that you don't know that well, you're not super familiar with, and it's like, do I take this exit or go forward? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you got the, yeah, we're all like, oh, yeah. You got the phone talking to you, and you're like, wait, did you say this light right or that's light right? I don't know. You know, I just did this a few, um, like a couple months ago, I was with a buddy. We were in the Akron, Cleveland area on Interstate 71, and we're driving, and uh, we're going to a restaurant, and I'm like, and I, I don't, we, Kate and I, we don't have, like, unlimited data on our phones, so I always try to, like, memorize the route, and then I turn it off, you know, saving money. I'm a good steward. Um, so I'm doing that, and I'm like, I got the route. And I get to this exit, I'm like, oh, shoot. Was it this one? I don't think it is, but this is where it should be, but I'm not sure. And, you know, as you're going 70 miles an hour down the road, it's like you got to decide. Like, am I going to go straight or I'm going to take the exit? Which direction am I going to go? And usually I pick the wrong one. I don't know why that is, but I didn't take the exit. And sure enough, 10 miles later, I hit the next exit, Turn around, came 10 miles back. You know, it's like a 30-minute trip because I, because I missed a dang road. But, um, but we individually, it's kind of like what Jesus is saying. We individually and we as a family, as a church, we have to decide. We're going to go this way or this way. Who are we going to live for? Are we going to be living for us or are we going to be living for God? And so as Jesus is having this really intense conversation with this crowd, um, he's basically saying, hey, I'm on a mission here. Like, I'm not here for, uh, for no reason. Like, I have a purpose, and my purpose is to build a kingdom of God, okay? He's trying, to do, he's trying to get them to picture it. Like, here's how you can understand. I'm trying to build a kingdom here. It's actually kind of a picture. It's like a kingdom of God, okay? And he's saying, hey, if you begin to live out your purpose, it's not going to solve all your problems. It's actually going to create some. Kind of interesting there. Kind of like what Aaron was saying. It's like, um, you know, a lot of times we think that we come to Jesus and, and everything's going to be good and everything's going to be set. This, it's not reality. No, he's, Jesus is even saying here, he's like, hey, no, it's actually going to create some problems. Like if you do my work, people are going to reject you. And some people are, like some of you are even going to get imprisoned. He's talking to his crowd. Some of them are even going to get imprisoned because they trust Jesus or believe or follow Jesus. And he says they're going to be drugged before the authorities. And when that happens, Jesus says, hey, don't worry. 
You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. All right, God's going to give you the words to say. And so the people who are probably who are in the crowd, my guess, they're probably thinking, whoa, whoa, you know, I'd rather God just get me out of prison instead of give me the words to say. You know, I'd kind of rather that. But Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't say God will get you out of prison or God will make your life more comfortable. He says, yeah, when you're in prison for doing the right thing, God's with you. And so because of that, even when you're going through hard times, even when you're drugged before the authorities, right, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. Everything's good. He's saying, I've given you a purpose that's worthy of your life. By the way, Jesus viewed our purpose as worthy of his life. How much more worthy is it of our life? So he's saying there's a bigger story happening. And we get to be a part of it. Like, you can be a part of it. And people are going through life all the time where we want a purpose that's, like, bigger than us. We want to do something that's going to mean something. And Jesus is like, hey, guess what? <laughs> kind of funny. I have that for you. I have that. And so all you have to do is you need to go forward. Don't worry about it. Don't fear. And as Jesus is explaining this to this crowd, this guy shouts out. He says, someone from the crowd said to him, he says, hey, teacher. Hey, Jesus, hey, hey, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. You're like, what is this guy doing? Like this dude right here. He's going the exact opposite direction. Right? And then what Jesus is saying, he's going the wrong way. This guy, think about this for just a second. This guy has the opportunity to talk to God. And he's worried about getting more stuff. He's using it as an opportunity to get his money back. And so Jesus, he answers him, and I bet, you know, I don't, I wonder if Jesus is just like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, come on, man. Uh, Jesus is like, who made me judge over you? He's like, that, is, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. And then he tells a quick story. He says, then he told them a story, a, a parable. He says, a rich man's land was very productive, and he thought to himself, hey, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? Okay, I will do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and store all my grain and all my goods there. He's like, this is the plan. All right, I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that. By the way, it's scary how reasonable and rational, rational this man appears. And it sounds like a good business deal. And he says, then I'll say to myself, after all that's done, he'll say, hey, you. He'll say, Zach, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink. And enjoy yourself. It's the exact same thinking that a lot of churches get after they see success after a few years. It's like, whoa, we're good. All right, we don't have to do anything. Let's just take it easy and enjoy yourself. All right, that's what the world is constantly telling us. The world's constantly saying, hey, do whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you feel good, just do that. I've told, I think I've told you guys this before, but uh, last time I went to cancel my DirecTV, you know how they do this all the time. They throw all these deals for you, and you're like, you should have given me that six months ago. You know, you would have had a customer still. And, uh, and so I, I canceled it, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore, whatever. And the guy on the other end of the phone, they're always like begging you not to. They're trying to talk you out of it, doing whatever they possibly can. And the guy, I remember him saying, he wouldn't shut up. He wouldn't stop. He was like, Zach, he had an accent. Zach, he said, you deserve this, you know. <laughs> he kept saying that over and over. He's like, no, you deserve this. Zach, 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 you deserve this. And I'm just like, 
I deserve to pay you $120? Like, that sounds like a, it's a curse, you know? That's what the world's telling us. The world's telling us, hey, you deserve this. This is what this guy's thinking. This guy's looking at his stuff. He's like, hey, look at my good dealings. Like, look what I've done. I deserve this. And Jesus says this. He says, no, no, no. Jesus is looking at the crowd. He's like, but this is what God said. He said, you fool. Not what I want the creator of the universe to call me, you know? Like, I, don't, I would never want to hear that. Like, God is saying, Zach, you're such a fool. He says, this very night, your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Well, what happens? They go to auction. They get sold for pennies, you know? They get, everybody throws it in their, back, in their garage, and it waits there for a long time. You know, it's like it, nothing happens. It just goes to other people. He says, that's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You don't want to die. And your creator says, when you get up there or when you stand before him, that was pretty dumb. Right? Like, I don't want to hear that. You don't want to die. And the creator, and God says, wow, man, you really, really missed it. Or I gave you such a long life, that was such a waste, you know? Or your whole life was just a bad choice. Or, wow, you spent your whole life running in the wrong direction. Right now, what Jesus is not saying, he's not saying, he's not saying that it's wrong to profit or enjoy your stuff or to save. By the way, we see um, the Bible actually tells us that a lot of that stuff is wise. Like, we should be doing that. What the issue is, is it's the reason why we do stuff. And, and here's the reason why the guy is doing it. It's a hard thing. Look what he says. I mean, Jesus says he's doing it for... Himself. He's all about himself. It's, the problem is not profit. The problem is his heart. And we see it throughout the story. He's talking about my crops and my barns and my grain and my goods and my life. And Jesus, he's trying to get the crowd to understand as he's talking to this guy who's saying, hey, Jesus, I need more money. Can you tell this guy to give me my money back? And he's saying, and Jesus is like, you don't get it. Right? Like for this guy, here's an example of, of, of stories. Like tonight, his life will be required. Like our lives are on loan, and someday God's going to be calling in the loan. And here's a guy who's like, hey, everything is mine. And Jesus is like, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, you can have all that stuff. Except your life. You borrowed that. I gave it to you. For a purpose that's bigger than you, and you missed out on what life is really about. See, that's all of our tendency. That's our tendency. We get so caught up in this world, we get so caught up in our lives and all these little things here and there, and we forget why we're here. We ignore our purpose. A couple weeks ago, when we were talking through Esther, I was telling you guys, I'm like, my biggest fear is at the end of my life, I'm going to get the privilege of laying on my deathbed where I can think back through my life, and I'll be thinking, wow, I wasted it. Or I wasted the last 20 years. Or whatever that is. Jesus, right here, he's giving us a warning, guys. Don't let that become you. Don't let that become you on an individual level. And don't let that become you on a corporate level. We can't let that become us. We can't let that become grace. And here at Grace, we will never be about buildings. 
will never be about getting more or getting better stuff or getting fat and comfortable, okay? That's not what we're about. Everything we do is connected to our purpose to do whatever we possibly can to reach as many people as we possibly can for Jesus. And there's an urgency to that. And the reality is we are here because a small group of people from Tiffin and a large group of people from Fremont sacrificed for us to get here. Here's an example of that. We're John and Mary Weicker. We started coming almost 20 years ago. What brought us to Grace, we, we had heard things. And we both grew up in small churches and didn't know what a big church would feel like. But when we got here, we saw excitement. We saw life. And it just gave us the enthusiasm to want to stay on and see what God had for us here at Grace. We could come and we, we would know that the people on the platform, they weren't just giving their opinion. They were teaching the Word of God. We were hearing God's Word. And we were seeing people change. We were seeing people busy doing what God wanted them to do. We just thought, you know, if this is where God wants us, we are going to be involved. I really enjoyed uh, working with the children's ministry. And my most favorite age group was the fourth and fifth graders. Plus, I also enjoyed the women's ministry and the choir. Leaving Grace Fremont wasn't that hard of a decision because I wasn't leaving Grace Fremont. We were going to start Grace Tiffin. You know, we had been praying about it. I had been praying about it because of retirement changing coming up. You know, God, how do you want to use me now? You know, how can we help touch other people with what you have touched us with? It was an opportunity for us to continue to serve, but in a greater way. And when I came to Christ, Christ gave me such a desire for missions. And with that, I have the opportunity to touch others' lives with the gospel. You know, to me, launching the church in, in Tiffin, that is exhilarating. It's, it's been exciting. I'm seeing men whose lives are being changed. I'm seeing men that have realized who Jesus is in their lives and become baptized and being different. It's, it's tremendous. I think it's reinforcing where God's been directing us, which is encouraging helps us become stronger in who we are, helps us become bolder in who God wants us to be, helps us be able to share Christ with those around us better. Launching a church in Tiffin has been very exciting. It's been exciting to see people grow and learn and want more of Christ. What we've gained through God using us and using Tiffin Grace, you can't measure those gains. And what it can do for us to lift us up as, as better Christians and giving us opportunities to serve that maybe we didn't have in Fremont, but we do have and are willing to step forward and let our gifts being used in, in Tiffin. It's, it's been exciting, and, and I want to see more of it. I don't want it to stop. I don't want us to stop. Let's keep moving forward. See, I really like what John said there at the end there. John said, let's keep moving forward. That's what we got to do. All right, that's the next step. We can't stop. We can't take a rest. We have to keep moving forward, and that's why we have a plan. All right, we're not out there blindly going, oh, no, let's do, build a parking lot, or let's, let's, build a, you know, let's build this building. That's not what we're doing, you know? Um, we have 
a reason, right? It's been thought out. Actually, this, the, the plan that we've come up with is, you know, I thought, hey, we'll just sit down for a couple hours. We'll bust out this plan. It'll be a good plan. No, it took weeks. It took months, right, of trying to, there's so many variables moving around. And we have a plan literally for every square foot of property here in, in, in Tiffin, the property that we have. Um, it's thought out. It's organized. It's strategic. It's all connected. The most important thing, it's all connected to our purpose of reaching our family and our friends and our neighbors and our community for Jesus. And we'll, again, go into more detail next week, especially about the children's area. But today, this is what we're going to do, okay? Um, at the door as you leave, we're going to have a handout for you. Uh, that handout will have more information of kind of what we're, what we're thinking about doing. Um, make sure you grab one of those. Uh, that will give more information on the plan. In your bulletin this week, which you probably noticed, is uh, we actually have a card in there. It's a commitment card. By the way, if you're new, this is not for you, okay? We, you're, you're listening, okay? You're not, you don't have to jump in. Um, but uh, the reality is that this is just how God's made it, that it's going to take money, okay? And it's going to take hard work, and it's going to take sacrifice, and it's going to take commitment. And so what I'm asking for you guys to do as a church family over the next three weeks is to pray. Okay, pray for a couple things. Number one, pray for our church family that we will respond and that we will get this thing done as soon as we can. And the second thing is pray for uh, individually, like um, try to figure out what God wants you to do. Talk to your spouse about it. Talk to God about it, about what God is laying on your heart for you to do. By the way, this is for me, for, for Kate and I too. Okay, we're going to be doing this. We're all on the same level here. All right, we're all sacrificing to make this thing happen. Okay, we want everybody to be involved. Everyone on these three things. And so I ask that you would go home and you'd start that. Begin talking to God about it today. And on that card, it's going to be asking you for two things. Number one, it's going to be asking you what God is calling you to give on February 27th. All right. That's three weeks from today. It's the, last, uh, it's the last week in our series. What God is calling you to give for this specific project on that day. And then the second thing is, what is God calling you to give for the next three years, starting on March 6th, the next week? That's what God's, you know, that's what we need to do. We got to keep moving forward. We got to keep moving on. And there's a bunch of kids out there that need to hear Jesus, about Jesus, need to... They, they need, we need to give them the opportunity to give their lives over to Jesus that we can't do with the current tools that we have. And so we're just a big dysfunctional family coming together, trying to create space where we can reach more people. And it's really a big deal. And we can accomplish our purpose. Okay, like we're at a crossroads here. We gotta choose which direction we're gonna go. We, have, we can accomplish our purpose or... We could be comfortable. See, one time Jesus even said, he says, hey, the church living with purpose? He said, not even Satan or the gates of hell could stop that. See, I think the thing that Satan fears, fears the most is a church who actually believes what Jesus says. That's the kind of church we want to be. A church that's headed in the right direction. A movement. Let's pray. God, we, uh, 
we got a lot of stuff to do in the next three years, Lord. We need your help, right? This is more stuff than I feel like personally that it's, it's possible to accomplish. But that's the same thing that I felt before we started the Tiffin Campus, and look what you did. God, we ask that you would use us to reach our community. Use us to reach the people in our lives that we don't know if they have a relationship with you or not, God. Use us. We also ask that you would use our resources and our finances and, and just in our time and our effort and our energy that we would dedicate that stuff to our purpose and not to comfort. God, we know that this is going to take sacrifice and maybe for some of us it's even going to be painful and it's going to be hard and difficult. But you did not call us to live painless lives. In fact, you promised us the opposite. God, help us to be a church and a family living on mission, living with the purpose that you've given us, living with something that's worthy of our lives because it was worthy of your life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.